have fun, explore um, that freedom of like hopping a little bit and letting the rope out a little and just flying almost. And so I've learned in my life that because I trust God and Jesus, my tree, my anchor to hold me and that I trust that there's people supporting me, I've started to get better at hopping. The future of dentistry belongs to the innovators. Welcome to Innovation in Dentistry. I'm your host, Sean Zayas, and I believe that the future of dentistry is going to be unbelievably great over the next decade and two decades, but the question isn't that. The question is, are you gonna be part of what makes dentistry great? Okay, so I could not be more excited today to have with me Lori Bullock. And before we get into this and I set you up, let me just say, Lori, thank you so much for letting me interview you today. Of course. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay. So innovation in dentistry can mean so many different things. I mean, there's clinical innovation, you know, you're a hygienist, there's technological innovation, you know, software that comes in and just disrupts the industry. But regardless of either of those types of innovation, it all starts with somebody that's just crazy enough to say, why not me? Like, why yeah. can't I be the one that steps up, that leads and pioneers some sort of change, some sort of positive disruption because they just bet on themselves. You know, they have that mindset that goes, why not me? So. Lori, what was it about you that all of a sudden it's like you're being a hygienist, being a hygienist is awesome, but you decided, you know what, there, there's more to what I can do in dentistry. Tell me about that. You bet. So my dad is a dentist, so I grew up just totally hearing the dental stories around the table and um, grew to love it. And so when he, you know, in seventh grade, I started walking over there and typing schedules and pulling chart files and everything. And he just kind of let me grow into the practice and I assisted for him and then went to college and came back as a hygienist. So I would say I have been in the dental world my whole life. For, I mean, I was born when he was in dental school. I forgot to mention that tidbit. So all my life I've been in dental world and I would say 20 ish years into being a hygienist, you get to that point where you're like, I, I don't know about this. And I did hit that point and, um, pandemic came, our office shut down. I had an opportunity to, um, certify as a yoga instructor, actually one other thing that I have as a passion. And that opened so many doors inside of me, my confidence, my ability to sit still with myself long enough to meditate and have some really beautiful experiences, my awareness of how important health is, my awareness of mind, body, spirit connection, so many things. And from there, I, when our office opened, I started to work a little bit less and save space for other things. And then it was like, okay, what else? And I had a, another opportunity to do a natural health educator course. So a one-year certification. Now I'm a natural health educator and I do a coaching program for people. And it's just like, again, the doors opened and it's mostly doors that opened inside of me. I'm just going to say that again, because it was my mind and heart going, Hey, I can do other things. I'm good at hygiene. I, you know, kind of got it figured out mostly and I can do other things. And then starting to try to weave all that together to is still happening inside of me. Just trying to figure out how do I support my dental friends? Um, in all this wellness and learning that I've been doing. So I've tried several things and, and it's fun, but I would say, yeah, well, that's the answer to that question. I do have lots of ideas, but go ahead with your next thought. So tell me what is a natural health educator? Okay. So, um, I certified through my mentor, Cynthia Sumner. She lives in Utah and she has a whole course called whole healing. And she 
has this beautiful material that teaches wellness principles. There's 12 of them. And so each week we went through a wellness principle. And at the end of the 12 weeks, I was like, okay, I want more. I'm ready for more. What else have you got? And she said, well, do you want to do my coaching program? And I said, yes. So I went on and did the rest of the, um, you know, it took several months. So um, I would say through the process, I was experimenting with my own health, like recovering from mental health issues, chronic constipation, musculoskeletal disorders, all of that journey that I've been on. But it felt like it all accelerated through changing how I nourish my body, how I rest, how I um, exercise and move, and how I just perceive things. And so it's been really fun for me to just have a certification so that I can share that with confidence with other people. And um, one thing that I get to do that's really new is be on a TV show. So in my local town, I'll be doing um, a cable TV program that's 12 weeks and they'll run it 50 times a month for a year. And they said that it'll just be, you know, kind of whatever I want. They're letting me have fun with it. So I'm going to go into the studio and teach these wellness principles, do some stretching and breathing, and hopefully people can get off the couch for a minute and just move with me and then learn a wellness principle every month. So it's just fun. It's just fun to explore different things and um, try to contribute to the, to the welfare of humankind. <laughs> well, so tell me, Lori, this seems like the pace in your life now is different than the first 20 years of being a hygienist. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. I know you have a family. How much of it is, um, you know, the kids got a little older, there, there, you know, there wasn't as much demands on me. And now all of a mm -hmm. sudden, you know, COVID hits and I realize I have more autonomy or more freedom. Like, like, yeah, did that coincide at all? Exactly. So when my boys, I, we have three sons, when my boys were little, I would think, oh, I'm never going to make it through this. They're so, you know, they were five, three and one and just busy and crazy and hard to raise and all the things that young moms understand. And I was working very part-time at that time. My dad let me work one day a month. I think I worked one day a week at a more local office to me at the time. And so I would call my work my paid vacation <laughs> in that stage of my life. Try not to let my boss hear that so much, but it felt like a paid vacation because dad was in charge at home. I was at work, clean, sterile environment, schedule. Anyway, um, so it did, it, it shifted. As they all got in school, I picked up a little bit more work as they all started to move on now that they're um, all graduated from high school. Yeah, it's just timing seasons and it just, feels like, like you say, the pace of my life has changed. So it was busy mom with a little hygiene. Then it was mom, kids are in school, more hygiene. And yeah, it's just evolved. And that's one of the things I love about this profession. And I try to tell young people who ask if I love my job, it is awesome for being a mom. That's one thing that I've so appreciated that when my kids were little, especially because I worked for my dad, I was able to do you know, kind of adjust every school year, we would kind of look at it and say, well, the bus leaves at this time, so-and-so needs a nap, grandma is willing to do this, let's do this, and just adjust. And, you know, not everyone gets that that much flexibility, but really it is an awesome job for balancing. And so I've always tried to balance my work and my life, but lately the balance has shifted in a really fun way, even more so. So don't think I'm going to not dive deeper into the TV opportunity because I'm incredibly <laughs> fascinated by that. But before we get there, um, <clears throat> so like over 15 to 20 years of doing hygiene, there becomes a certain, I don't know, level of certainty in, in the routine. And, and I understand, like you said, there's flexibility. You can change that. But then all of a sudden when, you know, new, new either hobbies or passions, you know, deciding to even get certified for, you know, being a yoga instructor, when all of a sudden this comes up, what was it, was it something where you were just like, Hey, like, why not? Let me just, let me just dive into this, you know, or, or was it kind of a slower process of it was, it was on the horizon. I, you know, you kind of saw it, but it took a little bit of time to develop. Like how, how did that actually happen yeah. when you started transitioning into oh, exploring more things? Yeah, 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 exactly. And this is something I've thought about quite a bit lately because 
I've gotten better at it, I would say. So when maybe five years ago, so even a couple years before the pandemic, I started thinking, ooh, that back burner goal of being a yoga instructor. I'm just toying with that, looking into ideas. And my good friend who is a yoga teacher trainer um, on the West Coast, and I'm on the East Coast, told me when the teacher and the training is right, no, the teacher and the timing. Anyway, the teacher and the timing are right, you'll know. And when things shut down, she called me. That friend called me and said, guess what? Yoga Alliance is letting me do my teacher training program online. We just have to be done like in, I think it was two and a half months with the 200 hours. I was like, oh, the teacher and the timing seem right because my office is closed. So my husband and I prayed about it, put the money in and jumped. So I have this analogy now <laughs> that was kind of solidified when I was rappelling with my nieces a couple of weeks ago. So if you've been rappelling, you tie the rope off to a tree and then you harness yourself up, buckle up and start scooting back over a cliff. And it's really that like going right over the top edge of the cliff is super scary. And then once you get the feel for it, you start to realize, okay, so my hand can stop me. If I squeeze my hand behind me, I'll stop. If I open my hand a little, I'll go. And so as I'm teaching my niece, how, my 10 year old niece, how to repel, we're thinking a lot about how strong the tree is and how you're safe and how grandpa's down there to pull the rope if you need. And then once she got more comfortable, she was like, oh, I can hop. And suddenly she got all excited about hopping and, ooh, I can do it in 15 hops. And then she would run back up. Ooh, I just did it in 13 hops. She got down to eight hops. And so it's got me thinking about this idea of hopping and being willing to let go of the rope just enough that you can kind of float free a little bit and know that you'll still land, know that the tree's still there, but like have fun, explore um, that freedom of like, hopping a little bit and letting the rope out a little and just flying almost. And so I've learned in my life that because I trust God and Jesus, my tree, my anchor to hold me and that I trust that there's people supporting me, I've started to get better at hopping, like letting more rope out, letting myself go a little bit more. And it's just more fun than maybe just walking down the cliff or being, you know, super slow and hesitant. Where's the fun in that? So that's kind of my analogy for trying new things. It's scary. And anytime something's a little scary and a little like touches your passion, go for it. Like that's the hop you want to take because that's going to be the freedom and the fun and the flight. And I would just encourage anybody who's like in the op and feeling a little bit stagnant, maybe if that's the word in that routine of just working, you know, especially if you're working several days a week, um, it's, it gets, it gets a little, a little mundane, a little bit. So did I just say that word on? Yes, I did. It's a little mundane. If you're just, um, doing the basics, um, adult profies and SRPs. But as you start to learn things and explore new things and maybe stretch your wings and be a leader in a certain way in your practice, or, you know, um, bring something fun to a staff meeting that they didn't expect. And just like, what can you contribute? What can you do to hop a little bit? And then just hop more and more and more until suddenly you feel like you're flying, um, it's just the funnest little concept, I think. So, okay. So I love that and so many different levels. So I'm going to try to tie it all together. Um, first of all, I love that you said it was fun <laughs> because I think fun matters. Like I think fun does. really does matter. Like as professionals, yeah. um, you know, people that are ambitious, it's still important to enjoy and just have fun yeah. in what we're doing. I'm curious, when did you? When did you start repelling? Because it sounds like in this story, it was more about you um, teaching your niece, you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So does that mean it's something that you've been doing for a long time? Like you're, you're like a seasoned <laughs> repeller? Yes, I am. So when my dad bought some ropes, we were all, he has six kids and I think we were all 
just super young. So my dad decided, let's go to REI, let's buy a bunch of harnesses, helmets, ropes, and let's do this. Let's try something new. So we all got used to it slowly with those little baby hops. And then he would find bigger cliffs, bigger cliffs, cliffs that are over rivers, you know, and just gradually moved up. And our favorite one, which is actually where my husband proposed to me, is in Southern Utah. And it's I think 300 feet or something with this really cool overhang at the top. So at the top, not only are you going that lean back thing, but you have to really like hang upside down and then go from there. And I could do that one in just a couple hops back in the day. So yes, I love rebelling. That is so cool. I wonder how many people in the dental space know that <laughs> Lori Bullock is a repeller. Probably That's nobody. No, um, probably not. So it's interesting that what you shared, because I believe it was five or six years ago, and I was part of like a, a Christian men's business group called the Pinnacle Forum. And all of us on our own, like a non-sanctioned event, we wanted to all have a little retreat. So we went up to Flagstaff and there was a high ropes course that we decided to do. And some of the, the guys were around the same age as me. Um, and then some of them were maybe like eight or 10 years older. And there's like six of us. So we decided to do this. And I just remember being like, wow, it hasn't been since like I was in high school that I've got to be part of something where I'm going to be able to have fun. Yeah. So there I am and I'm up there in the very beginning. And just like any other person, it's like, oh yeah, there's heights and it's kind of scary. <laughs> but I knew I had a rope. Like I knew 100% that I was connected to the rope. So I just had so much fun. I yeah. tried to almost like picture every single time that it was like a scenario uh, in, in a, you know, in, in, in like almost like in a movie where I have to save somebody and can I get across this thing? So I was, I was just trying to balance. Um, That's awesome. Where I would look back and everybody else is doing this thing where they're holding the uh, rope that's connected to the, um, you know, carabiner that's connected to yeah. the, the cable. Yeah, yeah. And they're just, they're holding it. And I'm thinking, guys, <laughs> you have a rope. You don't need to hold the rope hold because it. you're yeah. connected. Just right, have right. fun. So I'm yeah. literally even like running at times. Um, <laughs> I gashed my hand open on, on a tree one time because instead of just like going off the platform and like letting myself down, I actually jumped really far to the left. So then it swung me back to the oh. right. And then it swung me back to the left to the other platform <laughs> and I smacked into a tree. Um, that was a but, good hop. Yeah. Very good hop, Sean. <laughs> and it was Maybe one of those, risky. it was one of those things, Lori, where it was probably just in the last 18 months that in, in one of my quiet times, I was like contemplating this whole idea of like, I don't necessarily enjoy the unknown. I don't necessarily mm. enjoy, um, the challenge and the obstacle of, of uncertainty. Like, I don't always like that. It's uncomfortable, I'm, right? It's most, very uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for most people. <laughs> and that's where I like heard God like whisper, like, I'm your rope. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I love it. So I don't have to be afraid that I'm going to yeah. fall to some peril. Like, he's my rope. Oh, so it's crazy that as you're saying goodness. that. I love that. I yeah, love I was like, that. So he there's is just, our rope. And if we trust him, it's that certain level of freedom, like, <gasps> Ooh, so if I'm not using both my hands and freaking out all the time, what can I relax into? What can I like settle into and open my mind to? And that's exactly it. That's the space I try to go to, too, with my prayer and meditation is like, I trust you. I trust you 100%. What would you like me to do? And then there's always like awesome things that bring me joy, things that are happy, things that bless others. So when I get in that space of, I know I'm safe. Now what? What can I do for you? It's so fun. So yeah, he is our rope. It's beautiful. So t tell me how you, like, what led you to start the one wholehearted hygienist? Like, when did that brand emerge? <laughs> oh my goodness. I never thought I would have a YouTube channel. I'm very funny about being private. I'm like, it's just not me. In fact, once, uh, right after I certified, I was talking to a friend about how awesome yoga with Adrian is and how much I love her and how widely known she is. And she's like, well, you could do that. I'm like, 
no way. <laughs> like it was the most random thought and I just totally blew it off. But my friend Kristen Evans, maybe a year and a half ago was like, Lori, I love doing yoga with you. And we're both hygienists. And she's like, and you get it. You know exactly where I hurt and why and how to stretch it out before work and how to stretch it out after work. And she's like, please, please, please make me some videos. And of course, the next thing is we might as well put them on YouTube while you're at it. And she's so fun and so good at helping me hop that I was like, let me pray about it. And I prayed about it and it was like, yep, do this because not, not for me and not to be showy or in the spotlight, but God reminded me because that allows people to feel the way you feel when you do yoga in their own home. And that feeling is so precious to me that why wouldn't I want to share it? So I have created a, a, a YouTube channel. I think there's, I don't know, four or five playlists for hygienists. So a morning stretch, evening release, anytime yoga, lunch break yoga, and then me just chatting. Anyway, it's it's been kind of fun and I've enjoyed the process and I hope it benefits people. I don't ever like go on and check numbers or comments or anything. I just threw it out to the world to say, here you go. If this helps you, here you go. So one wholehearted hygienist, the name, I love alliteration. So I was thinking wholehearted hygienist or the wholehearted hygienist, but I was like, I'm not the only one that can live wholeheartedly as a hygienist. I want to be one of many. I want to encourage other hygienists to be also wholehearted in the way they live, in the way they balance their lives, in the way they experience work and in the way they interact with their patients. I mean, all of it. It's just that word to me, wholehearted means like open your heart big and let people in, in a way that's healthy and pour your love into them and let them pour their love into you. And um, especially God's love, just let it flow all around you and just be that wholehearted in, in every part of your life. So I try to do that, you know, I just try, <laughs> but, but it's been fun to create that channel. Well, Lori. So when I was talking to you and your husband, um, my, my goal is not to like, be like, oh my gosh, me too. Like creep you guys out. But, um, I, <laughs> ironically, uh, I think it was like six or seven years ago. I'm, you know, working for my dad, uh, with his company. This is before Zana and I'm just not feeling super fulfilled doing it. Like, I love that I get to work with him and, and I like some of the difference that I'm able to make, but it doesn't feel like it's completely me. So mm. knowing that, knowing what I knew about branding, I'm just like doing some of the exercises, you know, like really praying about it and just like, God, like, what is my brand? If I had a brand, what would it be? And ironically, yeah, six years ago, I created, um, my, like at my website, like if you go there, it, it just says wholehearted, like that is my actual <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> well, I've done nothing with it Yay. because um, <laughs> even though I love hearing stories about, I think this is why I love the mindset and the belief set that allows people to step up and step out. It's because for so long, like that wasn't me, you mm -hmm. know, I, I would mm -hmm. see something, but then I, I wanted the assurance. I wanted something that would say it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You're not going to somehow be so embarrassed or. I think that's a lot of people. It's like in one area of yeah. their life, especially like dentists and hygienists, it's like you're successful, you're known in your community, yeah. you're good at this. And then now all of a sudden to start something else that you have to have that beginner's mind, you have to have that humility that mm -hmm. maybe you're not going to do a great job starting out. And to yeah. visibly or publicly be seen as starting out again is sometimes you can oh, feel man. like it could be humiliating, right? Yes. There's so many times as an entrepreneur that I, in fact, not even too long ago, I sit with my husband, who's my executive coach. He started several businesses and offered to coach me once a week um, as my Christmas gift. But I was sitting with him a couple months ago and I was trying to put myself out there in a new way for something. I can't even remember what, but I just sat there in front of the post I was trying to make. And then I looked at him, I said, or I could just give up. And I seriously felt it at that moment. I was like, I don't want to do this. This is hard. This is not fun. It's vulnerable. It's scary. And of course, love him to death. He coached me through it and was like, well, should we just take a pause and like talk about this next week? Or do you want to send me a draft and I can look at, it? you know, that type of thing. But in that moment, I was like, this is too hard. I can't, 
I can't put myself out there so vulnerably again and have people not reply again or whatever. You know how it is, like just sometimes really hard, but so worth it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go back to my life five years ago. I'll put it that way. So I guess I keep hopping <laughs> little hops. Well, I, I, so a, I love the brand. Uh, I love that you want to live from your heart. You want to live connected. And I feel mm. like that's been one of the challenges for me. It's like, do you give up, give in and almost like go the way of the world where it's just about, I don't know, sometimes just about production yeah. or being like a, a cog um, mm -hmm. or, or playing the game, but not yep. doing it the way that is true to who you are. Yes. 100%. And that's why like to all of our listeners, my whole thing is like, do what makes you come alive. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like the greatest strategy for success, in my opinion, is finding out how you can be like the unique version of yourself that, that you are like, just be the original yes. that you are because yes. no one can copy that. And right. you don't have to perform when you're doing it. Like, you know, one of my mm -hmm. examples is early on when I was doing this um, podcast, which is, it's funny because it, I just started it last month, but uh, <laughs> I've done so many podcasts yeah. in the last two months that um, I messed up with Calendly at one point and I didn't know what you were supposed to do. So I looked at the following Friday and I realized I had five interviews back to back. Oh boy. <laughs> and it was, it was going to be <laughs> like from... I, I don't know. It was like nine in the morning to one or 2 PM. And mm. the weekend before my wife and I had just driven with our family to San Diego and it was about five, five and a half hours. And I was like, I was so exhausted driving and I was yeah. doing like nothing but driving, just getting to sit there. And this is, I'm going to have to somehow be on camera asking mm. people questions, like full energy for five and a half hours. And I was like, yeah. okay, God, I'm either going to find out that I need better boundaries for self-care <laughs> or I'm going to find out that when you're doing what you love, the energy flows. It energizes you instead of drains your energy. Yes. And that's yep. exactly what I found out. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. And that's why I love hearing mm. from people like you, Lori, that share. I, you were willing to step up. You were willing to try. And it doesn't mean there wasn't difficulty. It doesn't mean there wasn't times where, like, like you said, you talk to your husband and you're like, "How about I, I just I, give I don't... up?" <laughs> right, right. And yet, the world is so much better off because you didn't give up, and you are oh. still on motion, like in in motion, heading to where you want to be when it comes to even a greater impact. But I just love what you're mm. doing already. Like, thank you. Yeah. So thank, thank you, you for not giving in to the fears to everything that gets people to just stay put and stay on the sideline and just like, yeah. you know what? Like you're, you're not going to have regret Lori over the times that you really tried something and maybe fell short. You're going to have regret yeah. over those dreams that you didn't pursue. Exactly. Exactly. And that does keep me going. I think who am I to sit by and let people not learn about wellness or not hear the things that have helped me like, how selfish is that? So it keeps me going. Like, I want people to like, I'll give one example. So one thing I love to share, if I'm dreading a day of clinical, I have a little routine that I do. I try not to think about it until my hand opens the door of the office. And then when I go in and I change my socks and shoes, cause I usually like to wear my flip-flops to work. And then when I put on my socks and my clinical shoes, I imagine in my mind that I'm pulling up this like personal PPE that goes all the way up and over like a hood. And I put all the long sleeves and zip it up. And I am then protected from the negative energy that sometimes flies. My team is awesome, but I know some people have negative energy flying around the office in general. But you know, the patients that are like, you know, I hate being here and uh, this is the worst place I can imagine being, nothing personal, those types of things. Or if they truly have a lot of anxiety and it's just hard to not take it on. I have my personal PPE all zipped up. My emotions and energy are protected. And at the end of the day, I'm unzipping that, taking it off, wadding it up, throwing it at the dumpster in my imagination, and then walking home, not walking, driving home, just me without all that stuff on me or in me or through me. I just unzip, take it off, throw it in a bag and toss it. So on my way out of the 
out of the office, I'm tossing my literal trash and my all this energetic stuff that might have accumulated. And I literally, since I've started doing that, I get in my car and I'm like, it's almost like you've just been doing whatever all day because you don't have all that clinging to you. And we're blessed to not have to worry about work when we're home. Usually we, someone else is confirming the patient, someone else is prepping the office for the next day. And we're just arriving as our best selves, touching the handle. I always have my prayer in the parking lot. When I touch the handle, I try to just have a smile and that like, I'm happy to be here feeling even if I'm faking it. And then it goes from there. So I just, I've learned some routines that I love to share with a room full of hygienists. I just feel like if anything that I've learned in 24 years of hygiene, let me share that. You know, I want to bless people who are dreading work every day, who are going home with all that yucky clinging to them. And it doesn't come off when you shower because it's emotional stuff. Like a lot of that just has to be worked through. So, um, yeah, I just, those types of things keep me going because I want to share what's worked for me. Oh, and I think that's amazing because you're saying you want to be able to live wholehearted, fully in align with who you are to be able to have your heart open and to be able to, to love. And yet that doesn't mean, um, be open in a foolish way where you can get yes. hurt. It yes. doesn't, it doesn't mean, um, you know, if a misunderstanding happens or if someone else, you know, doesn't like, I don't know, take something that you're saying wrong or patient, you don't need to take that home with you and be like, yeah. oh my gosh, like I, I should have done this better or beat yourself up. Yeah. But at the same time, you're not giving up and you're not closing your heart and you're not having to just numb out just so you can yes. survive. Yes. That makes me the saddest is if I find a hygienist who's like, hey, I hate my job. I'm burned out. It's the worst, but I put all this money into my education. I can't think of what else to do. So I grind every day. I just put my head down and grind it out. One more, you know, five more patients, four more patients, three more patients, two, one. Yay. Every single day. I'm like, no, <laughs> that's eating you up inside. And that's just like shrinking your soul. We need to figure out ways to process that stuff. Like let it go or don't take it on in the first place. But if we're going to stay as dental professionals that love, love, love our patients. And I mean, love, I love my patients and they know <laughs> to come on a Tuesday because I love them. And so, you know, we, I take care of myself all week so that I can show up in that place where I am ready to listen to them, love them, look at their whole overall systemic health and talk to them about things that I feel will help and bless that, their whole lives. And then I go home and it's kind of awesome to think I just took care of seven really, really cool people that I love. And it's so fun to see them and it's fun to catch up. And when I hear them come back time after time and say, oh, that one thing you told me, you know, that's the best feeling. I've been doing that and it's so nice. I really can tell a difference. So if we can show up ready for those experiences, our profession will never get old. And I can say that maybe because I'm working one day a week and maybe because of all I've learned, but God bless those hygienists that work four or five days a week and truly give what they can. I hope they're taking care of themselves really, really, really super well. I mean, dentistry in general is very challenging. Mm -hmm. And then you talk about hygiene and not just the physical, you know, demands on your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not, not just that, but like you're saying, also just emotionally dealing with people that may or may not want to be in the chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and then there's all the team drama that can happen simply because, mm -hmm. um, in this organization, there's not an expert on of HR. It's not mm -hmm. like a, it's a mid-sized business that has an HR mm -hmm. department where there's yes. people that got MBAs and they know exactly how to facilitate. It's, it's people just trying their best to run a small yeah. business Yeah, and, sometimes they don't do the best job yeah, <laughs> and, and exactly. the team members end up suffering because of unnecessary drama. So I think you finding your way, even in all these spaces of wellness, um, with, with being the educator and then the yoga instructor, I feel like that's perfectly aligned with probably everything you wish you could have 
even received the second you got into hygiene because yeah. of the challenges, because of the demands. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There's so many things that, that, you know, we're all different too. I, I find that there's some hygienists that can work 30 years full time and not have any aches or pains that blows my mind. I don't know who constructed their body different than mine, but it's amazing. And then some people, it's really just a different experience and really hard physically or emotionally. And I think if we work together and like keep an eye out for each other, like if you see a team member that's like really dragging and dreading every day and you can tell it's a grind, like what can you do to lift them? Maybe that's a place that you can find joy is like leaving them notes. I'm the post-it note queen or whatever it takes. Just little things like, hey, I love that you're here. It makes a difference that you're here. You were really awesome with that patient. I love that you, whatever, you know, like, where can you lift? Where can you love? And I think there's always really good things we can be doing if we're open to them. And if we've taken good care of ourselves so that we show up for our team and our family, a team and patients, and of course ourselves and our families. To balance. So, so Lori, you know, it's crazy because um, if anyone's listening to this just over audio, you're not going to understand what I'm saying. But uh, the fact that we're on video, like you've been shining this whole time, but you come alive oh. even to like a different degree when you talk about your patients, when you talk about other hygienists mm. and just that, that care um, and that love for just those people that are in your life. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's amazing to see the way that you really just absolutely come alive. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm curious, you know, you, you were a hygienist, like a, for a while, 15, 20, I mean, you still are, but I'm just saying before that transition to now, all of a sudden, just a hygienist. Until yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, right, right. well, hygienist, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wife, mother, Mom of this friend. Voice. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you were doing a lot of things. Um, but was there any mindset that you had to embrace, uh, or maybe even a mindset that you had to let go of, um, you know, post COVID as you're stepping out into some of these other areas? Hmm. That is so good. I, I think I'll go back to our ropes analogy. It's letting go of the rope. So whether you're repelling and your right hand, that's your break, let's go of it more. Or if you're doing the ropes course and you're like this and decide what happens if I, you know, just experiment, try it out, let go of the rope just enough to go. Am I safe? Am I still safe? I'm still safe. I'm good. God's got this. You know, we, we, whoever you trust, whatever your source of anchoring and steadiness in your life is when the more you trust that you're okay, the more you can just try like test the waters in different areas. And when you find the area that makes you just like, uh, you know, like if it's interesting that you say that I light up because for one, I'm just sweaty. It's hot in here and we don't have AC. But for two, I really, when I first started doing um, like meeting with Josie, the yoga dentist and um, Dr. Lara and Dr. Tyndall, uh, the mint door women, I, some of my mentors, I would meet with them on zoom this is during the pandemic still and i'm like i don't know what i should be doing but i want to do something in the dental world and now yoga and they've helped me so much but what i noticed anytime i got on a zoom with them i was like oh and i would watch the recording later and be like whoa like right before that i think i was depressed <laughs> i don't know what happened and it's true it's like when you find your path when you find the path that god wants you on that you're meant to be on that you're here on earth to do it lights you up and just go with that like the more you fill it up the the more let go of the rope and just like fly explore play have fun do what you did when you know risk it a little bit and and sometimes we do get hurt and sometimes it's hard and scary but honestly, why would you just do this whole thing the rest of your life once you feel the the freedom of just kind of relaxing into what you love and and spending time on that? So another thing I've done is simplify um, a lot of things. Like 
when I feel myself getting too scheduled or too anything or too worked up, I'm like, whoa, okay, this is not my happy place. What's going on? And I just stop and check in and like maybe toss the list and, and start from scratch and like do what feels right that day instead of what's on the list or take a nap or lay on my bed and just ponder or go touch a tree outside. You know, like I just know my things that I can do to just pause and then start again when it feels right, when I know what is right to do next instead of what I've written down. You know, I'm such a, I'm such a writer downer that sometimes I think I have to, oh, my list that I made, it's, but no, guess what? If that list is stressing you out, either set it aside till tomorrow and see which parts look like they still matter or, you know, at least take a break and then come back and prioritize like, okay, if I'm only going to have energy for one thing today, which one is it going to be? And is it even on this list or is it something else God's whispering? And then just honestly listening and that pattern over time just leads to so much joy because you're diving into only things that feel right. Okay. So I'm like massively inspired. That's why I think part of why I do this is because um, a, I love being connected to real people that are also just in the game, not on the sideline, just making stuff happen. Um, having to, to dance with that tension of there's no guarantees. Um, it may not work, but mm -hmm. let's just do it anyway. Let's just live to serve and make a bigger difference. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this opportunity you're having right now with the TV in your local area. Like, how did this come to be? Um, just, just tell me a little bit more about it because it's super yeah. fascinating. I love it. So everyone needs at least one. And I learned this in high school. Everyone needs at least one friend that's really good at having crazy ideas. So I have a couple of them. And one of them, she actually went through my 12 week program and loved it. Her name is Linda. I love her so much. She loved it. She was taking notes. She was changing her life every week on every time I showed up to her house for our hour session, we had like miracles happening. She grew so much. One of the things she learned that she hung on to, she's like, oh, I just learned that our cells generate so quickly that in seven years, we're a totally new person. I'm like, well, there you go. And she was so excited. Like, so anyway, Linda, when I was finished, when we were finished, she was like, now what? Now what? Okay, what are we doing next? What's going next? Because you got to keep the momentum going. You're so good at this. And I had tried a couple things that didn't get response. And I was like, I don't know, Linda, I just, you know, super discouraged. And she emailed me this list of things to try. She was like, you just need an audience. What if you got on TV? What if this? What if that? And I'm like, TV? Are you kidding me? I, I even said, I don't think we have a cable TV channel in my town. She's like, search it up. So I Googled, do we have cable TV in this little tiny town in Massachusetts? And sure enough, we do. And I emailed the guy and I was in his studio the next day and he's like, okay, so what do you have in mind? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, he, um, it, it worked out. It worked out. God is good. And so I was able to kind of come up with some things. I told him about my 12 week program and he said, aha, you're going to do a 12 week show. I'll run it 50 times a month. We'll do it for a year. We can start this and do this and had all these ideas and took me into the recording studio. And that was the moment I was like, uh-huh. I just felt it. I saw the whole setup, the newscaster desk, the place I could do yoga. My mind started going, hmm, yeah, oh yeah. And you know, I'll have my own video editor. I've never had that. I'll have a, a screen to cue me, which I won't need to do this anymore. And like, it'll just up level my ability to teach in that space. And I thought, you know, I have no idea out of the 30,000 people in these towns, two towns, I have no idea how many watch and I don't think I want to know. Maybe it's 10. If one of those 10 people gets up and stretches with me, awesome. If one of those 10 goes out in the sunshine and eats a salad, super awesome. Like simple, you know, like super simple. And so I said, yes, I felt good. I called Linda. She's like, ah, oh, I knew you could do it. 
<laughs> so literally get a friend like Linda or like Kristen who encouraged me to do the YouTube channel and, and then just kind of keep trying, like keep trying to do hard things and scary things that feel right. Okay. So even though it feels right, you still feel a little bit of the, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I mean, this is a whole new thing. Like you said, yeah. being in a, being in a studio, um, having to be ready now, now is this material that you already know in and out though? So you're not really nervous about what you're sharing, right? Well, so my thought was going to be to just go off of Cynthia's um, whole healing program that I had learned the 12 week thing that I had taught Linda and I was just going to be all set with that. And my husband said, you have your own material. I wonder when you're going to switch gears and trust that you have your own stories, your own style, and that what you bring is special. I was like, hmm. So I sat on my front porch, one of my favorite places in this really nice, um, beautiful day, birds chirping, slight breeze. I had just had a salad, my favorite salad in the sunshine. It was just the right setup. And I just asked God, if you want me to use my own material, please help me. And truly 20 minutes later, I had a whole two page thing, spreadsheet of topics, guest speakers, possible sponsors, like notes, different wow. things. And I was like, well, that's my answer. Like it gives me chills right now because that is so how God works. Um, I, I am his little helper and he helps me greatly with everything that he wants me to do. Oh my gosh. Okay. So is, do you have something that if like our listeners are here and they're like, Oh my gosh, like, I love what she's sharing for the wellness. Uh, do you have a program that they can, you know, be part of like, mm -hmm. Okay, so where do you want their eyes to go right now? <laughs> um, if you look up letsbreatheyoga.com, it will tell you about my 12-week program called Walk With Me. I've used a model of just, I'm not the expert, I will walk with you as you try to change your life and make some changes with these wellness principles. So um, I also offer a wellness experience, which is a weekend in my Airbnb in my home, um, includes all the healthy food I can feed you, yoga in the studio here, and um, just outings that feel good, time in nature. Um, so I love to host people in that way. And then um, I have a, a speaking engagement in August. If anyone's in Utah and wants to come to um, Enzyme Academy to hear my lunch and learn, that would be fun. Or um, I, I... I am open to, but have not yet found a way to do my wellness group for a group of hygienists. So I would do a group of a 12 week group if a group of hygienists wanted to get together and, and learn together and then be able to share with each other how it applies, how these principles apply in the dental world. So, yeah. Okay. So I love that you shared something you're doing and something that you want to do, because I think it's mm -hmm. even in the, this is what I would like to do that other people can be like, well, Hey, like, let's make it happen. So mm -hmm. that's awesome that you did that. Dino Watt <laughs> also did that when I was interviewing him and he said something. Um, and I was just like, wow, who knows? Maybe like one of the listeners mm. will be able to be the answer yeah, to help him. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it, mm -hmm. it's all about the people we know. Yeah. Yeah. And the people that feel ready. I mean, I, one thing that I've learned as an entrepreneur for mm, what, three, three years is that I can invite, I can put the word out. I can structure things. I can set things up. I can invite people have to want to come. <laughs> I, you know, it's, so I'm just going to put it out there that if there is a group or someone listening that wants to come and walk with me as in the, in the realm of wellness as a hygienist, please breathe with Lori at gmail.com. Um, and if not, if nobody emails me, then I'll know to focus on these other things. And that's fine too. I'm super open to just whatever helps people. Okay. That is amazing. Okay. So are you ready for the last question? Sure. Okay. So Lori of today is walking down the street and off in the distance, you see 18 year old Lori <laughs> and you have 
just a brief moment to communicate one sentiment to her. What do you share? Mm. Wow. Oh my goodness. My 18 year old self was silly, super silly. Um, I would say keep being you. I think Amen. That's <laughs> yes. So right now for the listeners, this is what I love. Like you are giving people permission to just be who they are mm -hmm. to connect with that dream that's in their heart. And at the same exact time to not be afraid to just hop and let go of the rope. Yeah. Because and the real you is the you that's flying a little bit, not the you that's like, you know, stuck the real you, our souls are just so expansive, like unbelievably expansive and capable. And the real you, the you that I would say to my 18 year old self, keep being that you, not the person, not the you that your hygiene instructors are going to try to make you or your whatever, whatever think you should be or tell you or give you input on keep being the real you, because that's the you that's like ready to rock and roll and fly and have fun and just be free. And that's how I would rather live. And that's how I love seeing people who are totally just like open to any possibility that's out there for them and that ready to be their authentic self. I love that. I love encouraging people to find that. And that's what I think some of the people who have gone through my program feel is that I see them and the things that light them up and I can mirror that to them, just like you've mirrored in me, like what lights me up. And then they start to like, oh, I think I do love that. Mm, maybe I will put that more in my life. And maybe the healthier I get, the more I can do it. That's the beauty too, is that the better we take care of ourselves with the wellness principles and self-care and whatever else you want to call it, the more capable and able you are every day to wake up feeling rested and to go, Oh yeah, this is going to be a good day. I'm excited. You know, like that feeling is so priceless, better than money. Amen. Well, Lori, it has been an absolute joy getting to interview you and recognize you as an innovator. And I just want to honor you for the ways in which you have not given up for the ways in which that you've stepped out and you've stepped up, even though, it's scary at times, even though it's difficult. Like, thank you so much. Uh, you shine so bright and I am so in your corner supporting you and the mission that you're on. I oh, absolutely, absolutely love it. So just once again, thank you so much for letting me interview you today. Thank you. And God bless you. Thanks for listening and be sure to follow. So you never miss an episode to learn more about what's going on in dentistry. Check out innovation in dentistry.com.